Hello, on this episode, Lex is looking into UFOs, Clark can't make a decision, Lana gets psychic sight, and Chloe gets kidnapped again. This episode is Obscura, and you're listening to the Smallville Chronicles. Hi, I'm Lou Gonzalez, and joining me as always is my co-host, Alan Muir. And apparently we are the joke of the Phantom Zone podcast family. If, if you listened, if anyone listened to the latest After Dark. Oh, no, I have not yet. Oh, no. I will have to listen to that after this. I highly recommend it. Well, well I, I, I felt offended at first. I ended up accepting it well i was gonna ask maybe we should try to see if anybody wants to come on for the season finale which will be the next episode as this is the penultimate episode for season one um but Uh, i think connor irving wants to all right well we can figure that out all right so um yeah like i was saying this is the second to last episode of the season i don't really know how this works as that like i would think you'd kind of want a little bit more like more core story yeah you get a little bit because you get the kind of from last week's episode the wrapping up ish of whitney's story kind of setting up like how they're writing him off the show and the bigger setup is obviously the lex story um that's kind of woven through the plot i guess their biggest shock moment is like the final like scene of this episode but we can jump in here so lana and whitney are riding horseback um, they come upon, uh, they hear a big explosion. They go to check it out what it is. Of course, you run towards the explosion. Lana notices the gas line is shaking and Whitney goes to run and warn them. Uh, it's like two deputies and like somebody working on stuff and then it explodes and she goes flying in some of the worst green screen fire action ever. Did you notice who one of the, uh, sheriffs or deputies were? Yes, he, if I'm correct, he did he play Turtle on Flash? Turtle, uh, his, the actor's name is Aaron Douglas. He he was on, he's been on Flash. He's He was a main cast member on Battlestar. Yes, yes. He played, or his character was married to Chloe, or Allison Mack's real life wife. Wait, I'm super confused. His, his character in uh, Battlestar Galactica... Was married to. Um, blanking on her name, but she was in. She was the waiter during the. Okay, but she was um, Chloe's real life wife. Allison Mack's current wife. Yes. Oh, did not know that. Yeah, I spent a long time watching Ballstar Galactica after it had finally ended. Uh, I think I've only seen season one. I just somehow it's like one of those things that I just lost. Um, oh man, Val! Have Have you seen the Portlandia sketch? No, that's another show I have never watched. Oh man, you're missing out. Yeah, there's just so much good TV that it's hard to like keep up with everything. Um, but basically, this is our the explosion is kind of how we get to the main plot of this episode, where Lana falls into some meteor rocks, and because of this, she gains clairvoyance. Like, um. It's almost like shared sight. Yeah. Because it's like she can see through somebody else's eyes. Although it only works one way, apparently, which I was kind of annoyed about. 
But she goes to the hospital. Clark and Chloe show up there. And then Clark tells Chloe to leave because she has a interview for an internship at the Daily Planet. And then on her way out, she is grabbed. Um, we see her being grabbed through Lana's like nightmare, but it's her sight through the, the kidnapper's eyes. Um, and this kind of jumps us into this main plot of the story. Um, the next thing we see is Lex giving... He shows up to the Kent's house and he gives them the check for the stuff that was destroyed earlier in the season. When, uh, uh, during, uh, Zero. Yeah, when the cows were killed and the land was poisoned. Even though he, he says it was technically not a Luther employee that did it, he still wants them to do it. And he's not, like, overpaying for it. He's giving them exactly what they are owed. And from the look on Jonathan's eyes, it's a pretty good sum. Yes. And Jonathan's actually, like, kind of thinking that Lex is doing the right thing. And he's also, like, being a good guy. Now, after this, or basically just after this, we have the return of Roger Nixon, who's from the Metropolis Inquirer, who's, this is his third episode, I think, this season. Yeah. What happened to the side of his face? I have no idea. Like, I definitely noticed he has, like, something going on. I don't know. Maybe, like, something happened in real life in between, like, the episodes he filmed. Because that was all I was looking at. Yeah, I, I don't know. I definitely noticed that, like, something was off, but... It looked like he got kissed on the cheek, and he just didn't get cleaned it up. Yeah, maybe he has a birthmark that they covered up in earlier episodes that they decided not to in this episode. Because they probably went over budget. Yeah. Based on the uh, opening CG. Yep, that was totally worth it. Um, but basically he tells them about, the, like, unlike Lex, that he carries out his part of the deal, um, and then he's also annoyed at... Lex's thing that he made with um, the other reporter that we saw, was that last episode or two ago? Uh, I think two ago. Yeah, so they bring that back up, um, and he basically tells him about this crop duster who saw something that was not a meteorite fall from the sky during the meteorite shower, and then they go and visit him. The guy thinks it was a ship because he was a pilot, and Lex gives him money but says it's just a story. But Roger, you know, he tells Roger he does not believe it. So that's kind of the more important plot of this episode that will lead into, like, almost all of next season kind of revolves around what they find, if I'm remembering correctly. Well. Like, a huge chunk of, like, the plot next season, like, the season arc plot revolves around that item. Not just that, but something that's in, that was introduced in the pilot. Oh, yes, yes. They show it at the end of this episode, too. Alright, so after this, the next morning at the Kent farm, Martha tries to give Clark advice about Chloe and asking her to the spring formal. Uh, Clark prepares the next issue of Torch when everything is going wrong. This is when Lana shows up and asks about Chloe and tells Clark about the nightmare. And by the time they get home... Jonathan notices and um, that Clark's upset about Chloe because no one's able to contact her. And Clark asks him about if he's going to accept the money or not. And he dodges or evades answering. Yep. So the next we see is at the Talon. And Pete is telling Clark about going to the dance with Erica Fox, the hottest girl in class. Lana again asks about Chloe, but no one's heard from her. 
Uh, Lana then sees another vision of Chloe. This time she's blindfolded and she's in a room with a bunch of like amusement fair kind of stuff and bags around her. And she sees the image of like a masked man in the mirror. Uh, we then cut to with you're forgetting the best part, the best angsty part. The dude punches the mirror. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. See, when I first saw that, I was like, oh, does he know that she can see through his eyes because he can see through hers? Because I completely forgot about this episode. But no, he just does it because, yeah, he just does it because he's because, angsty. Because it was 2002. Yeah. Because of ruthless aggression. So next we see the kidnapper, the kidnapper welding something, but Chloe gets free. She makes it for the door, but the kidnapper grabs her and injects her with something that makes her pass out. Um, so the next day, Chloe's dad arrives, or I guess right after that, Chloe's dad arrives at the town and says that the, um, the deputy, with the deputies, the two that we met earlier, and Lana tries to tell them what they saw, neither take it seriously and give rude remarks. Um, and then Mr. Sullivan gets a call saying they found Chloe's car abandoned in the woods. Following this, Lana goes and visits Clark in the loft, and he tells her that he and his dad spent the afternoon trying to find Chloe, and they're afraid, and he's afraid they might never see her again. Lana tells him that she spent the afternoon being talked to by the police, who looked at her like she's crazy. And Clark reminisces about the first time he met Chloe in eighth grade. She had just transferred from Metropolis, and Clark was assigned to show her around the school. And that uh, when he brought her to the farm, she kissed him out of the blue right there. So that's kind of interesting, like, from the jump they're writing in that Chloe was into Clark. And it kind of makes more sense that she's not this Smallville character. Like, she, why she is the way she is is because she really didn't grow up in Smallville. She's only really been there for two years. If she showed up in eighth grade and they're freshmen in this season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, they kind of, um, in that little bit, they kind of build decent, like, backstory for her character. So, right after this, Lana has another vision of Chloe being buried alive, and there's under a windmill, which we've seen this windmill in a couple of episodes. So Is this, is this the one where Clark and Lana said, where they showed that awful, mad painting of Metropolis? Yes, because there's only one windmill in all of Smallville. I'm pretty sure it's the same one. Because I was like, oh, it's that windmill again because they have to reuse it because they spent so much money building it. Um, but Clark goes up there, x-ray visions, and the first spot he uses x-ray vision happens to be right where Chloe is. So he punches into the ground and pulls her out of the coffin. And she's like, I knew you'd come. I knew it. And she's crying. And they hug. Why? If I'm just saying, if I was her, I would have been like, how did you do that? Yeah, I was assuming like, how did you find me, and how did you get me out so fast? I guess she's, like, so messed up from being buried alive. Because they don't really show her awake in the coffin. So she kind of wakes up as he's pulling her out, I'm guessing. So she doesn't even know what's going on. I don't know. I guess it's just, like, a logic thing of, like, she's in shock or traumatized from the experience. Well, her glow stick did go out. Yep. So next we see Clark and Lana visiting Chloe at the hospital. She's just getting off the phone with the Daily Planet. They want to do a story about her, but she intends to write it herself for the torch. Clark asks her if she remembers anything uh, about it. She cries. Clark and Lana leave so she can get some rest. 
but Chloe asks her to ask Clark to stay a little bit longer. When Lana leaves, Clark and Chloe are alone. Lana has another vision of the kidnapper watching her, but when she turns around, there's no one there. I know, there's like a lot in this episode that's just like part of this one episode plot, but there's, we're going to get to, I guess, the funner stuff I think is all the Lex stuff that's the most interesting. Yeah. Well, not not necessarily just the Lex stuff, the Lex and Jonathan stuff. Yes. Um, which, speaking of, that's kind of what happens next. So, Clark stayed with Chloe all night. He comes home in the morning to help Jonathan with the chores. Um, Jonathan, he, gets, he gets mad, so he punches a tractor. Yes, and then he's like, oh, well, we can, we should just buy a new one with the money from Lex. And then Jonathan tells him that they, he tends to cash the check. On their way to the bank, they discover that Lex is doing excavation in Miller's Field. Lex which is, which is where the Clark's, uh, ship landed in the pilot. Yes. So Lex claims that he's just testing the soil because he wants to buy the land. And he's heard that there's like meteor, like a bunch of meteor rocks landed there. And he does something which is, which I, I just, I love, I like when they, when TV shows do, do this. They call back to pre- previous storylines or story arcs from previous episodes. And he, when Lex says that the, that their food or that their, uh, crop s- stuff has been or is taking a hit lately, or taking multiple hits? Oh, that like the the that they're farming like the the Luther part of it. You mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely calls back like that. The meteorites have been like proving to be an issue sometimes, and that like he's trying to figure out what the problem is and and make sure that the land is clean, which is obviously all a lie. But Jonathan, just you know. Gives him back the check and angrily walks off. Clark is confused about what's going on. And then Jonathan reveals that he thinks it's suspicious because he's excavating the exact field where Clark's ship was uh, and where they found Clark. So just as they're leaving, Dr. Hamilton reveals himself and says they found something interesting. Lex later goes to the loft and Clark admits that both he and Jonathan both don't believe Lex's story. Basically because Clark is like, there is no reason that you would ever be out there just for a routine soil test and tries to explain to Lex that he gets obsessed with things like with the car. And then Lex admits that he saw he admits that he met a man who saw something who said he saw a ship crash there and Clark tries to defect, uh, deflect the idea. But Lex kind of says that he's determined to figure out what it is because like it's his duty, I guess is kind of where he goes with or like, to investigate something such as a alien spacecraft. Oh man. Yeah, they were like halfway through. So the next thing is Whitney shows up at the town to talk to Lana and shows that he found like a bunch of his father's military medals. And this is basically where, how they figure out to get rid of Whitney for season two. So he kind of is getting the idea that he wants to go do something and be like a better person. Well, he wants to honor his father's legacy. Yep. So and that's the basically the little bit of Whitney we get here before the final episode of the season next week. And season two. Mm-hmm. So the next day at the Torch, Clark explains to Whitney and Chloe his theory about how Lana began receiving visions. Um, he's done some research on the decrest 
Sir Syndrome. And basically explains that in traumatic experience. Um, since Whitney was there, he asks, like, who else was there at the explosion? And he says, just Lana, him, and then the two detectives. No, 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 the the two officers. Oh, yeah, they're the two deputies, that's what I meant. But, which is definitely not true, because there are a bunch of other workers there. Yeah. But, so they figure out it's gotta be one of the deputies. Um, and he might be aware that, like, cause the deputies were there when Lana had a vision and it turned out to be true, so they think that whoever it is might be aware that Lana is able to see through his eyes. So we cut to the Talon, Deputy Birdigo. Which is our guy from uh, Battleship or Battlestar Galactica? Uh, dude, come on! What? There are going to be some mad people. People, or there are going to be some people who are mad in the comments. Oh, that like I almost mixed up Starship Troopers. No, that you called it battle. You nearly called it Battleship Galactica. Yeah, I, there's so many. Like, I think I was thinking of Battleship Troopers, and then it's like, no, that's not right. It's definitely. Uh, whatever oh my god i don't know like my brain is just breaking down right now um but yes he shows up and he's there to ask lana some questions lana has a vision of the somebody walking up behind him and hitting him over the head clark and chloe whitney arrive to find the deputy but lana is gone this deputy tells clark that his partner's working as a security guard at the old carnival grounds obviously makes sense because chloe said that she was held where there's carnival stuff um, Lana wakes up in the same room Chloe was held, bl- bound but not blindfolded. She asks for help. And this is where we get the dumbest villain re- reveal of all time. It's obviously the other deputy and his idea, like he, every genius idea. Well, this what he wants to do is an actual, is a real life uh, syndrome that people have. Yes. Or the, men- mental defects. It's I can't remember what the name is, but it's like a heroic thing. He wants it's, to be a hero cop. Yeah, it's kind of like it's the same thing that happens with firefighters as well. It's kind of like a similar to like Munchausen's by proxy, but instead of gaining sympathy, they want a different emotion. They want like um, admiration. Yeah. So you set up a situation where you're going to be victorious or you're going to get the outcome that you want. Where you're going to get the gold medal. You know, like when Hank Pym created Ultron. <laughs> you know, it's the exact same kind of concept. So obviously this doesn't his plan did not work because he never got to save Chloe. Um, so Clark arrives. He deflects the bullets with his hand. The ceiling gets shot out. He covers Lana. There's no way he's that fast. No. Uh, the deputy flees. He goes outside. The cops show up. Um, Watts fires his gun, and Lana has a last second final vision where you get to see a bullet enter the guy's head, and it goes to black. Which again. I I thought that 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 looked awful. Oh, it was terrible CGI again. Like there's the worst cartoon bullet ever. So this is where we come to like our last two things of this episode. So back at the farm, Chloe comes by to tell Clark that she got the internship. Even though she missed the interview, they were impressed with the story she wrote about the kidnapping cop, which was published in the Smallville Ledger instead of the Torch. And Clark asks Chloe to the spring formal, and Chloe accepts, and they leave, and Clark grins. Now we cut to what will tie into the rest of the season and going into next season. Is back at Lex's mansion. Hamilton has the preliminary results on the object. And it's basically, it's nothing that, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's a metal or something that is extraterrestrial. Yes, 
and we get to see it, and there's a small octagon piece, um, silver piece, and then I think the final shot is actually a shot of the ship in the and, cellar. In the storm cellar. And it is missing the same octagon piece. And that is where we end for this episode until we get the finale next week. Tempest. Tempest. All the tornadoes. Which, which, if I'm not mistaken, was the was the end boss in the Superman Returns game. Oh God. Yeah. So, final thoughts on this episode? Uh, it felt it. It was just filler. Yeah, that's what I meant when I was like saying earlier that like for a second to last episode, this was 95% filler. The only things we got was. Like, the two scenes with Lex, the scene in the field with Lex, and the scene at the end, like, the two scenes with Hamilton and Lex, and then kind of... The scenes with him and Nixon. Yeah. Because, like, everything else is useless. It just One, it's just like, all right, so you're setting up the dance for the next episode, and then why Whitney leaves? Like, that's not just college. So I kind of get him away for forever. So, like, I think the LVV for this episode is the CGI... Yeah, I my MVP is print is sort of a tie between Lex and Jonathan. Yeah, I I would agree. Like they had not many scenes, but their scenes are so much better acted. But I also think they give those two guys so much more to do. Because I and, do think Welling is good. I just think that there's a lot of times when he's doing dumb stuff. Yeah, and also Rosenbaum and Schneider. Their scenes were more impactful. Yeah. I do have to say Clark might have the best line or the best, like, kind of a quote in the episode. When he's talking to his dad, he's like, um, he basically says, like, I know Lex isn't perfect, but if you keep slamming the door in his face, you're only going to turn him into exactly what you think he is. Yeah. And that's kind of what turns, you know, obviously before he turns back, Jonathan's idea of taking the money. Because Clark's not wrong. Yeah, if you keep if you keep treating a person a certain way, they'll end up becoming that way because of their feelings towards you. So instead of making a murderer, it's making a villain. Yep. So I think that kind of... Did you have any other feelings on this episode? Um, is it me, or did the the villain of the episode look a little bit like... Uh, What's-his-face from Flash Season 1? The guy that tried to kill Simon Stagg? Multiplex? Oh, I honestly don't even remember what Multiplex looks like. I thought he kind of looked like a... Dime store version of Robbie Amell. Because <laughs> he has that, like, kind of clean-cut white guy look. But, like, I think he looks like a... He looked like a lamer version of Whitney. Like, if they did Whitney's hair the same way, like, Whitney would look like a better cop. But, yeah, uh, like, again, this was, like, such a filler episode. It was very disappointing. Um, I cannot wait for the finale. Um, for the next episode, and then we can be done with season one and get to where I think there's a lot of good things season one did, and I guess in the next episode we can talk about 
our feelings about the season overall, as well as the episode itself. And hopefully after that, we can do a spacer episode before we start season two and maybe something special in between. I think we talked about doing that Aquaman pilot. I almost forgot the Hamilton stuff in this episode sets into motion the events that lead up to duplicity in season two with Clark and Pete. Oh, him like digging in the field and finding the object. Well, actually I'm a mix of this and Tempest. Okay. Yeah. Well, Tempest sets up like not just Pete, but Lana kind of figuring out that Clark is special. Because I think that's, like, her whole, Alana's whole arc in season two is, like, what the hell really happened? I definitely remember seeing you there. Yeah. Um, but we can talk about that next episode. So, the next episode, like we've said, is Tempest. Um, it's the spring formal. Um, there's a lot of subplot in this episode as well. So, we can check out the trailer right here. He's got a bad feeling. This is a piece of the spaceship. I'm gonna tell the entire world about your sight! Oh, no! Smallville, no warning, the season finale. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot going on, but this is a, from my memory, a very good episode, and it finishes off season one. Well, it's more of a, it ends on a cliff. It, yeah, it's a two-parter, but like it's the ending of season one and the second part is the first episode of season two. Which, man, looking at the air dates, um, they really blue ball people. So Tempest yeah. came out May 21st, 2002. Vortex came out September 24th, 2002. That is a long time. No, no, no. Twin Peaks season two. And season three is a long time. Well, yeah, of course. Or like Game of Thrones is like the two halves of the last season are like a year and a half apart. But yes, I, I, yeah, technically there have been longer times, but um, for a show like this, for a four month, like a full four months break, um, that is a long time. But I do think as we get to season two, we get better budgets, we get better acting overall, and we get better stories and plots. But we can save that off for the next episode. Um, maybe we'll even do like a season one wrap-up episode as opposed to doing it all in the next one. Um, but I guess that kind of wraps it up for this episode. You can find me on Instagram at Lou A. Gonzalez. Check out Los Haro blog, uh, word, or losharo.wordpress.com. I just had my second art thing I put up there. Um, do you have anything, Alan? Uh, well, this, is this another September episode? Ye or another September release? Yes, this will come out in two weeks. Um, hopefully my, my personal story that I'm, that I've been writing will, will be up. Because, there's some a bit of excitement. There's a bit of will he come back? And obviously the answer is yes because 
mid-October's something is getting revealed. And... Actually... I think two things, or multiple things are getting revealed. Like, I think Monster Mash has already been revealed. Yep, Monster Mash will be, I believe they said it will be Halloween, will be the first episode that drops. And then, we current, you, myself, Gary, we're working on something, we're hopefully gonna, re- we're working on something else. Yep, that should come out in November. Which will be the third year of Los Haro. So. Oh, and. Uh, oh, sorry. I almost forgot. Follow me on Twitter at the Almure. So when the thing does get. Re- when the. When Project Katana gets revealed. You can. See, see me hype the hell out of it. And Instagram is Comics Boy. Even though Connor has been sort of stealing my shtick, which is simply sta- taking just photos of comics panels and stuff. So I'm gonna have to find a gimmick order. So um, yeah, that's it for me. And uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Vandom Zone to get all the awesome podcasts. And I guess that wraps it up. So I am Lou Gonzalez. I am Alan Muir, and this podcast stands for truth, justice, and the American way.